If you're a parent, teacher, or school leader, and you're sick and tired of the frustration, anger, and unfair treatment of children at high risk in our public schools, then perhaps it's time for all of us to do something about it. In this podcast, Dr. Amitra Berry brings you tips, tools, strategies, and tactics to build successful solutions while touching, moving, and inspiring all of us to transform our schools so that every child thrives. Here's your host, Dr. Berry. Welcome back, Equity Warriors. Thanks for tuning in. We have some special episodes coming up featuring amazing guests. Remember, those are video podcasts that will air first on my YouTube channel. So if you have not subscribed and turned on notifications, check down in the notes for the link so that you can watch those interviews as soon as they release. I do promise that they will be informative and exciting and you are going to love my guests. So let's talk today about student engagement. In the book, Make Me, Eric Tashalis wrote, it is very easy to frame students as the problem whenever larger contexts are ignored. So what about student engagement? I think that if only our learners could say some of the things they're thinking, if only they had voice, if they could wonder aloud, and for some, if only they had the words to give voice to their thoughts, they would tell us things that we might not want to hear. I was giving a workshop and Of course, if it's my workshop at some point in time or all of the time, we're going to talk about the role of culture in education. And a number of white teachers were sharing that their students, especially their black students, talk during instruction. And I put instruction in air quotes for a reason, because what some of us see as instruction is not necessarily instruction. And I want you to think for just a minute, doesn't matter if you're a teacher, a parent, caregiver, administrator, whoever you are, I want you to ask yourself right now, how do I listen? How do I show engagement? Does it vary depending on the situation? Right now, if you're listening to this podcast, how are you doing it? Are you doing the dishes or are you sitting in a quiet space? paying attention to nothing but the words, the sound of my voice, and taking notes about what I say. If you're watching this on YouTube, are you, you got one screen going and doing work on another screen? Are you doing the dishes? How do you listen? How do you show engagement? And does it vary depending on the situation? There is this waspy norm in education that says that active listening means that students are taking notes, that they are listening closely, that they are asking relevant questions, that they're gesturing to indicate that they understand what's being said, that they're aware of the instruction. Is that the only way to listen? I think about myself. I'm a thinker, right? I have this problem or a challenge. It's not really a problem. It's a challenge sometimes to turn off my brain and stop thinking. I do puzzles because that helps me to separate (laughs) from thought sometimes. When I'm presenting, which is always engaging, I, I love engaging with my audience. In fact, I'll tell you this podcasting for me is a challenge because I can't see you. I can't 
hear you. You can't talk back to me while I'm talking. That makes it hard for me. So when I'm presenting and there is this engagement, this chatter back and forth between me and the people that are in the workshop, almost all the time I'm walking around the room. And if I'm listening to someone, I'm often doing that with my head down and not even looking in the direction of the speaker, because that's how I absorb the information. That's how I think about what they're saying. When I'm sitting in the audience, when I'm attending, I am a copious note taker. And it's not because I'm hanging on every word they are saying, but because it helps me keep my mind on track. Now in church, it's a different story. And of course, that depends on your church. I go to a Black church, a Black Baptist church, and we tend to be very interactive. We talk back. We talk to each other. For us, active listening is something very, very different, and it has its roots in our ancestry, in our culture. If I go to an academic definition of active listening, active listening is about seeking knowledge, not being compliant to a behavioral norm that you decided to set because that makes you feel better or that makes you think that everyone's paying attention. In the active definition in seeking knowledge, it means that three things are going on, that there is comprehension about what is being taught. There is retention of the knowledge that's been gained, and there is response, what I'm going to call reaction to fit my model, that children are able to tell you what you were saying, or they are able to talk to you and make sense, make those connections about what's been taught. So comprehension, retention, and response or reaction. Culture plays a role in all of that. Now, remember, cultural norms are transmitted socially. We learn our cultural norms at home from birth to five and forward. When we come into the classroom, you have to create a classroom culture. And I can tell you all the classroom rules in the world are not going to change what a student lives in the 19 hours a day that they are outside of your classroom. And so if embedded in our cultures is listening that does not fit your norm. You need to be respectful of the culture that the children have brought to school. If the goal of listening, of learning, is comprehension, retention, and reaction, if they are talking together to make sense of what is happening at the front of the classroom, they are attending, they are learning. You need to build a culture in your classroom that respects the various ways that your children learn and what they bring to school. And you do that if you're an educator. So my question is, are you an educator or are you an indoctrinator? Ooh, what's the difference? Here's a quick lesson on word morphology. Educator has four morphographs. The first one is E, which means out of. Duck, which means lead, eight, the act of, and or one who does. So an educator is one who leads out of, in our case, a state of unknowing. An educator is one who leads children out of a state of unknowing. That's educating. And if that's what you're doing, then it's okay that your Black children are talking to one another as long as they are talking about and making sense of the instruction. 
On the flip side, you could be an indoctrinator. Back to our word morphology, indoctrinator, in, which means into, doc, which means teach, try, which means three, nat, which means again and again, and or, one who does. So an indoctrinator is one who teaches repeatedly into a state of something, not out of a state of unknowing, but into a state of something. And by indoctrination, you're not necessarily teaching, or you're not, not not necessarily, you're just not teaching children to think for themselves. You're indoctrinating them into a specific ideology and a way you want them to think. Which one should we be? If we're standing in front of the class, I would argue that our job is to educate, not indoctrinate. So what is it that you want? Do you want to lead students or do you want them to blindly follow you? I hope what you want is to lead. If you're listening to this podcast, my guess is, unless you're a hater and you have nothing else to do, but probably try to send me horrible messages about what I'm talking about, my hope is that you're here to learn to lead our children into a state of knowledge, to create a culture in your classroom that respects who they are, what they bring to the classroom, to create a culture that allows them to use their ways of learning and knowing in order to learn and to know. So how do you do that? I got four tips for you today. Number one, get over yourself. I've talked numerous times about cognitive humility, that your way isn't the only way and your way may not even be the right way. Be humble enough to accept that there are other ways of listening, that there are other ways of learning, other ways of knowing. Number two, respect and validate the culture of the learner. I probably said this 10 times already, but I will keep on saying it because it's a big piece that we tend to miss. What is the culture of our learner? How do they learn? And we have to respect that if we want them to respect us. Number three, accept those different ways of knowing, accept different ways of demonstrating knowledge, not having blind compliance to your rigid set of rules. And number four, notice when your students connect to what you're saying, when they connect to what you're teaching, how they do that. What are they doing when the light bulbs come on? And then acknowledge it publicly because your learners will notice and that continues to foster that classroom culture that is warm and receptive where students can engage and learn where they are valued and respected. And then join me again next week. Connect with me on social. Use those links down below for Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on notifications so that you know when we drop something new. And then send me your questions, topics, and requests. You can send them directly to the episode in YouTube, or you can send them to me through all of the social channels that are listed. And of course, I look forward to answering those questions and bringing you those experts that are coming to help address those topics. As always, don't worry about the things you cannot change. Change the things you can no longer accept. And I'll see you next time. That's it for today's episode of the 3E Podcast head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing 
to win a $25,000 value private VIP day with Dr. Barry herself. Be sure to head over to 3epodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Dr. Barry's gift. Then join us on the next episode.